Come gather ye mortals round your flickering hellfires and listen to tales of saints, sinners, and the darkest of art forms. Podcasts! Set aside thy earthly hang-ups, nocturnal reservations, and the notion of having a civil couple out as you've drunk too much during lockdown. And hearken ye well to the voices of your storytellers, for this is the Scary Heretical Boy Show! Nice intro, Beelzebub Bob. Thank you, Pear Bear. This body has a pleasing tone of delivery, and I'm settling into it now. How is your thistle? There is more pain in this sheath than all the tortures in the eternal damnation, but I have found strong drugs in its cargo shorts. Ugh, we're out of Fanta. Ah, Tombos! How fares your loner? Its Fanta levels are dangerously low, and it's badly in need of a service, but uh, I'll manage. Hello? Guys, you still there? I can hear talking. By the nine circles of hell, that guy's really annoying me. Guys, guys, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I soiled myself, my poo bucket is full, I'm thirsty. So very thirsty. Guys. Can we just dispose of him? No, he was the fourth vessel, the vessel that Lucy was to enter. You know what he's like, always wanting the best for himself. (laughs) What, that thing in the pit? The best? (laughs) I know, right? Lucy saw a picture of it when it was 26, and liked the muscular frame and flowing locks. Guys, are you talking about me? Do you want to see that picture again? Ugh, so needy. Oh, I am so vexed that Lucy did not make the ascent with us. Ah, yes. The fourth vessel had left the ascent zone for refreshments. Unfortunate. But to see the Dark Lord's face, well, its face, when it jumps into that, oh, there would be much weeping and grinding of teeth. So we have to keep him here just in case we can get Lucifer ascended. That's now the plan. If you find my phone, it's my lock screen wallpaper photo. They used to call me Fabio. Say something. Guys, come on. By Sodom and Gomorrah, shut up! Fine! You have an earthy voice that brings out worrying and uncontrollable feelings in the weak mortals that eke out their miserable lives on this spinning rock of depression. Happy now! Happier. Yeah, but Pear Bear? I think that's you. Oh, right, yes. What? I'm really quite hungry, and it is dinner time, after all. I care not for this dinner time. Oh my god, who are you people? And what have you done with Pear Bear? Rumbled. I am Beelzebub, not to be confused with Satan himself, Chief Lieutenant of Lucifer, the Emperor of Hell, and presided over the Order of the Fly. I am Oz, 57th of the 72 Spirits of Solomon. I take the form of a leopard. No, oh, and I also teach the liberal sciences. I am Boer, 10th of the 72 Spirits of Solomon. I teach moral and natural philosophy, the logical arts, and the virtues of all plants and herbs. Now that sounds like the pear bear I know and love. Silence! For you, Uncle Bilbo, an empty vessel of need. Harsh, but a fair assessment on reflection. So, what now, Beelzebub-bub? Well, I, I guess we... is we wait... Wait on Lucy. He hates being called that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, but while the cat's away... The sofa won't get all scratched up. Uh, no, Pierre Bear, the mice will play. Or in our case, wait. Wait to take over the world. Take over the world? Oh, no. You diabolical fiends. How do you plan to do it? 
Podcasts. Don't just blurt it out. Master of the logical arts, my muscular horned backside. <laughs> Mortal sleeve, Billsy Pop Pop. What? Oh. Uh, oh. Damn it all to hell. How are you going to do it with podcasts? Everyone listens to podcasts, you fool. We'll drip, drip, drip our way to power by using your huge fan base and amazing download stats. <laughs> and you chose us. Oh my god, you idiot. Silence, you fool. I have read my vessel's blog and Facebook page. According to dear Uncle Bob Bob, you're the best thing since sliced sinner. Ah. Ah, you've really dropped the fall on this one. Enjoyed taking over the world with my parents. What? No! Those are the lies that spew from your mouth. Very true. My mum can't work the podcasts. You should have gone for podcasts with reach, like the Joe Rogan Experience or the Ben Shapiro Show. Not for all the plucked livers in the underworld. Too evil? We're demons, not monsters. By Lucy's flaming pitchfork, this is this is bad, man. <laughs> Silence! Pear Boer, set me up a torture. Dealer's choice. With spine-tingling pleasure, Tombos. Do your worst. I'm not afraid. Demons! Stop! You want our worst, do you, my boy? How about your worst? Play the second part of the Saints trilogy. No. Oh, anything but that. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll teach my mum how to use the thing that's like the radio on the internet, but not internet radio. Too late. Press the button. You want the truth? We can handle your truth. There's a Jean Dark to see you, Greg. Sorry, Brenda. Who? The note says Jean Dark, but your writing is terrible, Mitch. I don't like paper trails, Brenda. You know that. I'm reactive, proactive, on the pulse of the now. She says she's a French peasant who rose to fame and an eventual fiery death battling the English dogs and their traitorous French counterparts. I'm pretty certain she's Saint Joan of Arc. Oh, God, it is Joan of Arc. This is serious. Brenda! Why didn't you check my pulse? I do the paper trails. You stick with the chemtrails, Mitch. Don't joke, Brenda. You know full well I live on a flight path. So who is this St. Jean Dark, then? Never heard of her. Ah, clean up your ears, man. Wasn't she next week? Well, she came last week to confirm her attendance today, but he turned her away. Why did you do that, Mitch? The Dark Saint? I thought she was being an off-brand Batman. Didn't want the trouble from the Saints at DC, Greg. She's still hot property, Mitch. I mean, she's a recent saint. Roaring Twenties recent. Pope Benedict XV made Joan of Arc a saint in 1920, Mitch. You gunning for my job, Brenda? Too busy taking care of those paper trails, Mitch. Yeah, well, H to the A to the PPY, Brenda. Happy trails. Yeah. That totally got her. Got on board. Oh, curses. Where's that pack we had the intern knock up about the Hundred Years' War? I don't worry, nobody reads or cares anymore. I care. Not enough to bone up before this interview. I thought it was next week. Don't push me on this. Righty-ho, here we go. Okay, go. Okay, let's see. Okay, so it started in 1337, so more or less 20 to 1, over a dispute about access to a ginnel behind the Woolworths in Wakefield. Oh, come on, I don't believe it. I know, right? Being access starts more feuds than I care to mention. Stop being silly. Oh, lordy. Right, what are the probable talking points? Probably the young Charles VII, future French king, and the new Dauphin. Oh, no, dolphins! I'm not technically allowed to talk about my business dealings with SeaWorld and all the interfering that went on. No, Dauphin. The title given to the eldest son of the French king... Wait. 
What went down at SeaWorld? Not the dolphins, I've been instructed to say. Right, are you ready to hear Joan of Arc's tale? Not even close. I lived with my family in the village of Domremy. We did not have much money, but we were a house full of love. Bonjour, mes coupons. It is I, Monsieur Dad, returned home from Le Market. Oh, Monsieur Dad. Ah, my lovely family. You bring me such joy de vie, even with half the country on fire due to an entire century of war. Oh, Monsieur Dad. Oh, I'll never forget the day the English came to our village. Oh, 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 swoon. Oh, I'm having a flashback. Citizens of John Remy, for your crimes against your rightful king, King Henry VI, King of England and King of France, you shall be punished. What crimes are these? Number one, failing to queue up for everything like we do in England. Number two, saying hello to people in the street, which we do not do in England. And worst of all, not being able to understand us even when we speak English at you slowly. Who are Le Pub Claude? Can I just have chips? I want Le Kebab. Warm lager, s'il vous plaît. These are not crimes. This is France. Not for much longer, plucky girl. Within five years, this country will be England's south. And the largest Weatherspoons ever constructed by man. <laughs> right then, soldiers, burn their houses, take their stuff, and then go to their town centre and commence singing songs about spitfires and throwing deck chairs about. That was a terrible day. Come cheerly, wife. I have brought dinner. What is it, my love? Cocova, Philippe Le Boeuf, Duck Orange, and a bottle of wine each. No, unfortunately, due to the country's current privations, we're having an English. Not, not, not English food. Oh, it tastes like sh- Well, pardon moi, dear family, but it's all I could get. Shall we sit at Le Table? John, would you like to say grace? Of course, father. Oh, Lord, we give thee thanks for this single packet of thrice-boiled super noodles. Mm. Oh, this is exactly what the Hundred Years' War tastes like. Father, may I be excused? But you haven't finished your super noodles! Thank you, Papa, but I'd rather lead a dangerous insurrection to drive the English out of France than eat super noodles. Bless you, my sweet Joan. Fortunately, medieval sexism and classism will stop you, a humble peasant girl, from doing something so heroic and dangerous. I know, Papa. Hmm. Lovely French night air and crickets. Hello there. He hello? I don't think we've met before. Are you from round here? Well, well, technically I'm from everywhere, young John. Oh, I'm sure I'd have remembered a 70-foot luminous man with a big beard and a halo. Well, don't worry. A lot of people are a little taken aback when they first meet God. God? Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. Oh, wow. I pray to you every day, Lord, and I don't even mind that you let bad things happen to good people all the time. Oh, yes. About that. Do you know Jesus? He's my favourite. Well, of course I know him. He's me. Joan, I have a special task for you. Anything, God, except eating super noodles. Oh, don't worry. It's nothing that bad. Joan, I want the English out of France. It is vital that a country whose entire culture is based on cooking with full cream and butter and wine for breakfast survives. I'm only 16. I don't know how to fight or lead armies. Well, apparently, neither does anyone in charge here. That said, Joan, that the idea that the Hundred Years' War was of a hundred years of the English handing the French their derrieres is not true. The soldiers of France have won plenty of battles. They just need picking up a bit at the moment. How? There is a prophecy. It is foretold that when the darkest hour comes and France is on her knees, there shall come from the borders of Laurent a girl who shall work miracles. France was lost by a queen, but it shall be restored by a maid. Does that queen bit refer to Lady Isabel, who signed a humiliating treaty of Tra with the English 
after the disastrously iconic defeat at the Battle of Agincourt. Yes, it does. Now your first task is to go to Shijong and find a dolphin. What? The Dauphin, Charles, the Crown Prince of France. He needs a kick up the bum. Trebon, the god. Au revoir. John, what are you doing out here? I've had a message from God. He told me that the prophecy that a maid shall rescue France from becoming a big weatherspoons is true. Really? Yes, and I'm the maid, Papa. We must go and see the dolphin at Chignon. You know we don't approve of SeaWorld, Joan. Listen, we've still got the Siege of Orléans, the Battle of Patay, and my child to get through. We cannot waste any more time on dolphin jokes. We can't help it! We don't do it on porpoise. There's no need to... blubber? Puns have had our audiences wailing with laughter in the past. Listen! Dolphinately no more whaling dolphin puns. Nice! <laughs> 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 Thank you. But now we have to skip ahead to Chignon and the war room of Charles the Dauphin, or Crown Prince of France. Captain, report. The Death Star is heavily shielded and carries a firepower greater than half the Starfleet. However, a single man fighter may be able to penetrate its defenses. What? Well, sire. If you want the simple version, the city of Orléans, the last French city in the north which has been besieged by the English for some time... I know that. What are you, the Minister of Exposition? What is happening there now? Well, unless we send help to Orléans, they will surrender to the English in a matter of days. Days? What happened to the plan for us to ambush the English food convoy? (laughs) Well, it's a funny story, sire. Oh, God. Not another flashback. Would you like a bucket of fish to eat while we watch your dolphin-ness? Oh, just tell me. On the 12th of February, 1429, a train of 300 wagons carrying weapons and food for the English army was making its way toward Orléans. Well, not Vindaloo exactly, but rather barrels of fish. Saints be praised, sir. Soon as the French smell our convoy, they're bound to surrender. Shut your noise, you. It's Lent, Sue. We can't eat meat. Why not? Because it's Lent, you heathen baboon. That's what Bible says. Well, doesn't the Bible also say thou shalt not kill? I don't know. I can't read. Besides, that was before the French were invented. Of course, God would want us to kill the French. But why? All our kings are descended from French people, and half the nobility speak French. It's not like the two nations have polarised culturally yet, is it? We spent a hundred years burning our way through France. You may not have noticed, but we are not very popular round here. Don't matter, sir. Oh, really? And why not? Because God is English, sir. Well, yeah, well, that we can agree on. (laughs) 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 And then, over the crest of the hill, came the only people on earth who dislike the English more than the French do. See ye, English dancers. Give us your fish or your dead men. Stone the crows, it's the chopping sweaty socks. That's right. Sir John Darnley of Scotland had travelled to France for a foreign holiday and the chance to kick some English bottoms. See you, valid French allies. The gutless English cowards have put their wagons in a square to defend themselves. Let's knock back an iron brew, get down there and then put the boot into a eye. Yes, Sir Darnley, as fun as that sounds... It would be much easier to pulverise them with our swanky cannons from up here. Listen, Frenchie, I've walked 500 miles and I will walk 500 more in order to fight English people. Why didn't you just go to England? I mean, come on, it's next door. I love the cheese here. Right, form up, Donnelly men. Let's go avenge Mel Gibson. Charge! And so the Scots charge down the valley of the English wagons. Archers! Up to the wagon stepped the dreaded longhorn men. Ready! Trained since childhood, their muscles were hard knots of raw bow power. Archers! 
Their arrows flew with 200 pounds of shoulder power behind them. That is like getting hit by two full-sized Labradors. Archers! Draw! Not only that, but a longbow man in the Hundred Years' War could fire a dozen arrows in a single minute. That's 24 Labradors a minute flying at you at 150 miles an hour. Archers! Loose! It's quite a lot of Labradors to deal with. Ah, no! You're right in my knee! I'll never be an adventurer now! Lunatics. We better get down there and help them. Knights of France, charge! Here come the French, sir! Lovely! All lagging, Ben! Ready, sir! Ready, sir! All lagging, horses! Ride them down! We'll be at Orleans for a fish supper! From out of the wagons charged the English horsemen. Hooves thundering and sharp steel shining they rode. Come on in and get a glass George Hugh Grant chin floppy head shower. The English rode over the arrow ravaged Scots and then into the French. And so what became known as the Battle of the Herrings was over. The people of Orléans were starving, and the English army ate fish and chips. So, that's what happened, your poisonous. That wasn't a funny story. You said it was a funny story. What is wrong with you? Sorry, sir. Would backflipping through a hoop cheer you up? Shut up. Message for you, sire. From whom? God, sir. What? There's a plucky peasant girl claiming to be the maid of Lorraine, sent by God to help beat those murder-eating little English slugs. Sent by God, eh? Yes, sir. She's been telling everyone at the camp. It's been quite nice, actually, hearing that God still likes us, despite the war of national annihilation is inflicted on us. Really? Soldier, make the girl a four-euro crepe and await my orders. Ah, we, your dolphinness. Four euros. That'll be a crap and a half. You don't believe her, do you, your flipperness? No, I don't. But since all you can do is make stupid dolphin puns, she might be our only chance of getting the army's spirits out of the toilet. Shall I show her in? Not yet. I have an idea. Assemble the men. Mon blowholeness? I'm not finished. Assemble the men and take off your clothes. Um... Don't worry. I'll take mine off too. Okay. Presenting Joan of Arc, Maid of Lorraine and Messenger of God. Pull the other one. I am too from God. God has abandoned France for Marmite and Top Gear. God is with us and I can prove it. Go on then. Silence. Approach your prince, my lady. I would hear the message from our lord. I cannot give you the message. Say fraud. Quiet! And why not? You are not the Prince of France. <gasps> the man God wills to be our king is standing ten paces behind me, to the right, next to a pillar, in a hat and plain tights. You, sire, are the man that God wills me to make king. I am indeed the dolphin. Though how you know me when you've never seen me before is, well... Miraculous, my porpoise. Yes, it is a miracle. Hey, a miracle! Champion! Miracle. That's right. A miracle. What does God will of me? Let me ride with the army to take back Olion. Oh, we don't have the men. You don't need men. You need me. My lord, I will go with the maid. We should go with the maid as well. All of us will go with the maid to Orléans, my prince. Very well. To Orléans, then, Joan of Arc. I love it when a plan comes together. Dawn broke over Orléans. 
The men on the walls stamped as they woke in the cold. Their stomachs growled and groaned with hunger. The English army, full on fish and chips, began to swab their cannon and string their bows for the easy day ahead. They knew that all they need do was wait for the French to starve. A horn sounds in the distance. And all of a sudden, there are riders in the dawn. And at their head, a girl on a great war horse. In shining armor. With a banner of red silk, like fire in the morning sun. People of Orleans, I am Joan of Arc. God sent me because he is just as tired as you are of the English burning our houses, stealing our stuff, and buying our chateaus and doing them up smugly. Follow me for France and for God! On went Joan from the gates of the city and out. Out to the English lines. To the arrows and the wooden stakes. To the hot cannon and the cold steel of the besiegers. And with her went the army of France. Not to the beaten, humiliated men of France. But new men with fire in their eyes. Forward they went. Back went their enemies. Where is she? Where is the Maid of Orléans? Here, your dolphinness. Gardenor, you did it. I mean, I was hoping you'd just cheer the lads up a bit, but not break the siege. This is the first piece of good news I think I've ever had. Ever heard of dolphin-friendly tuna? Shut your face. My prince, have you good spurs? Why, yes. Then use them. Oh no, God says we run away. Not for running away. Make good your spurs, Prince, and we shall chase the English back to Paris. Well, saddle up, Monomy. Let's go kick the crap out of them. And they did. They chased the English up the River Loire, taking bridges and towns. Smashing up the English soldiers at the Battle of Jakku. Charge Soldiers of England, I, Joan of Arc, Chosen by God to destroy your cause, plead with you to surrender, so that you may leave in peace. A little to the left, please. Very well, if you insist. Catapult! Fire! Did we get her? I reckon so, sir. All I can see is a cloud of dust and... Hello! Flipping Nora, she's still alive. I keep telling you, I'm mates with God. She did say that, yeah. I know, I know. Right. Um, new strategy. Yes, sir. Run. And they did. <laughs> Run away! Run away! There's some girl claiming she's from God! Cheese it! But in a wood, just outside the village of Pate, the English stopped running. Oh, 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 I've got to stop smoking those four-year-old creeps. I knew I shouldn't have had that extra pie at lunchtime. When did the French suddenly get so good at fighting? I don't know. I heard they got a girl in armour who's the devil's stepdaughter who shoots lasers out of her eyes and eats post boxes. No, no. I heard she's the devil's niece who babysits his kids and she bites the heads off corgis like this. And she spits the heads out. That's what she does, yeah. And when the heads land, they're looking at you in the eyes. Let's keep running. Yeah, good idea. Where do you think you two are going? Sir Volstoff, sir. Have you brought help, sir? I have 5,000 longbows and armoured horsemen, my little custard-coloured cravens. Oh, hooray. What is wrong with you? We don't lose to the French. We've been looting their country at will for 50 years. Are you having a mid-war crisis or something? It's the devil, girl, sir. Lasers. 
I'll pike down, you cockney weasel, and fall in. If the French aren't far behind you, then we'll give them a little pete déjeuner of arrows and steak. Conceal yourselves in the forest and watch that road. I'm starving, literally. Me too. Running for your life is hungry work. Ooh, look. Oh, look at that. A nice plump deer. <laughs> Shoot it. Um, num, 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 num. Dinner time. Shh. Quiet, you morons. You'll give it away to the French. It is true, boys and girls, that just before the Battle of Pate, the English accidentally gave away their position when a tasty deer walked by. My prince, tell your knights to ride around the wood to the east. For what porpoise? Oh, it. For what purpose, my lady? There are English archers in the trees. We must get behind them. How do you know that, my lady? A vision from God? No, I can hear them bickering. Listen. Five thousand of the dread longbowmen lined the woods outside Pate. They dug pits and sharpened stakes of wood to stop the French horses. Get them pits dug, you scruffs. And make sure you stick your arrows in the mud so the French get blood poisoning when they get stuck with them. (laughs) (laughs) It's the grapes again. (laughs) Except the French knights came from behind them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did anyone think to dig pits behind us? No? Oh, knickers. Oh my god, it's not quite so much fun when they actually get into ya! Oh no! Oh, funny, I think the hole's behind the car! In the water! Oh, creep on! French knights came and took a very nasty revenge on them for Agincourt and Cressy. If the French took an archer prisoner... Oh yes! They would cut off his bow fingers and... Everything else. The two-fingered salute and all of that. No. Well, they cut them off, yes. But they cut everything else off as well. Even that. Especially that. My prince, now that we have the English on Dons on the run, it is time to fulfil my promise to God and have you crowned King of France. Hurrah! But, my dauphin, the kings of France are crowned in Rheims, which is deep in English territory. If you call me dolphin again, I'm going to smack you so hard. I didn't. No, he didn't. But he always... I know he does, but if you are king... Then you won't be the Dauphin anymore, and the dolphin jokes will end. My God, the puns, the puns will stop. All my life, you don't know the pain, you know. Thank you. I mean, I come from abject poverty in the war zone, but people teasing you because of your title. My God, that must have been really awful, terrible. Finally, someone understands my pain. Come on. Who's a big, brave prince? Me. Shall we go to Reims and have you crowned king? Okay. May we have an ice cream? Of course. Can you get us to Reims, lads? No problem, Joni. And so to Reims or Ram or Ram, they went where the dolphin... Watch it. Sorry. Where the dolphin was crowned King Charles of France to much rejoicing. Her mission from God complete, Joan of Arc settled down at the coronation buffet, perhaps even contemplating what she would do when the war was over. I shall buy a beret and a bike with no gears, and I shall travel the Loire Valley eating cheese. I shall settle down in a beautiful and tastefully furnished flat in the Montmartre. My friends shall come round and we shall experiment. 
with electronic music and drink wine. Excuse me, Joan of Arc? That's me. Hello, my colleague and I are members of the French aristocracy. Well, the others are all hot here. Is he alright? Well, he's eighth generation, so yes and no. What did he say? He said, will you come with us for an unsanctioned attack on Paris? Does the king know? He said, do you know what unsanctioned means? Does he know what edical love means? Yes, intimately. Listen, Joan, many of us French knights are very keen to liberate the capital of France, and the men are so inspired by your presence that we believe we can take Paris back as a coronation present. Think of it as one last job before you're retired. Oh, go on. What's the harm in one last job? After all, I am mates with God. I can do anything. The siege did not go well for the French. No dice, sir. The walls are too high. What did he say? He said, press the attack, you stupid poor person. Go on, run at the big walls with the armed men at the top. Don't die for the feudal system, please. There's too many archers, sir. Come on, lads. We can do it. We can take back Gay Paris and its many boulangeries. Look out! Sit down! Sit down! Repeat, sit down! Take her back beyond our lines. No, I shall not leave. Keep going, lads. You can do it. God is with us. He's with us. He believes in us. Keep going. Keep going. We can do it. The attack on Paris was defeated. And Joan was hit by a crossbow. Cross? I was furious. I'm pretty cross myself, Joan. Did you know that unsanctioned attack on Parry was unsanctioned? I did, Your Majesty. But God is with us and the men have faith in him and me. Yes. Well, you ought to ask me about such things. I am king, after all. I know, my king. But God still outranks you. And until France is free, I shall do his work. Right. I've got a job for you. Uh, Chamberlain, fill in the exposition. Yes, your dolphin... Um, yes, your kingness. Sorry. The English allies, Burgundy, are trying to take back the land we have taken back from them. Right. I'll get me banner. Go with the army, Joan, and try to be more careful. I don't fear danger, my king. No. I mean, be careful you don't overstep your authority. God wants me to take back your kingdom, your majesty, and I shall... And now we enter the final act of the tale of Joan of Arc. Get your tissues. And your matches. Pebe! Sorry. Joan went with the army to defend the town of Campania. But outside the town she was knocked from her horse. And things went south very quickly. <laughs> Hello. Come back, Monsieur Clippity Clop. Hello, Joni. Hello, Joan. We're the bad English people from films, and we'd like a word. We should be Burgundians, but we don't know what they sound like. Joan was captured by the sinister forces of Burgundy. I always preferred Broom. No, not the colour. Never mind. The Burgundians placed a great ransom on her head. Don't worry. After all we've been through, my king will not abandon me. The king made no effort to have Joan freed. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, Joan, but sometimes I worry that the army likes you more than me. You gutless, fish-breathed, dolphin-faced coward! Ah, oh, my feelings! So the Burgundians sold Joan to the English. All those in favour of having Joan of Arc hanged as an enemy of the crown say aye. Aye! Well, that was easy. Shall we call that lunch? Capital! <laughs>
Capital. Capital idea. Quiet, you fools. Joan of Arc must not be merely hanged. What? 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 The girl claims she was sent by God. We must address that. Why? First of all, she claims that God wants the English out of France. If people believe that, it will be very difficult spiritually and legally to rule a country that God does not want us in. What did Rum do? Furthermore, she claims that God wants Charles the Dolphin crowned King of France and not our King Henry. What can God have against our King? He's only a baby. There must be a trial. Assemble the preeminent theologians of Europe. We must prove that the voices Joan of Arc heard were not from God, but from the devil. How will we do that, sir? Oh, I don't know. Lies, threats, circumstantial evidence. We'll think of something. So commenced the trial of Joan of Arc. It was a simple enough task. After all, all they had to do was trip a simple peasant girl up with some tricky theological questions and then claim her voices weren't from God at all. Do you know whether or not you are in God's grace? If I am not, may God put me there. And if I am, may God so keep me. I should be the saddest creature in the world if I knew I were not in his grace. Damn, good answer. Damn and blast! Damn. Damn. The banner you carry, is it a pagan banner with weird dark satanic powers? No. Damn. Tish! Damn. Mm. Well, um, are you... are you wearing trousers? I am a soldier. I am dressed as a soldier, as all in France's army are. Well, yes, yes, okay, well, that's, uh, that is... Pretty reasonable. No, that'll do, Burner! What? Wearing trousers? That's a smoking gun in the trial of Joan of Arc. Oh, come on! It wouldn't be very modest and Christian to let the army see my ankles in this day and age. Don't care, it's heresy. Ha ha ha. Technicality. That's all the preeminent theologians of Europe could lay on her. That is it. But it was enough. There's more to the trial. It's perhaps one of the most well-documented trials of the Middle Ages, but frankly, the silly history boys would rather do the battle than the trial, as they are less depressing. But Joan did put in some big hits on her accusers. Did God speak in English to you? Why would God speak the languages of my enemies? God speaks French and better French than you. Yeah, go on, John. Go on, Johnny. So God hates England, eh? Of the love or hatred God has for the English, I know nothing. But I do know that they will all be thrown out of France, except for those who die there. Oh, go on, Joan. You can do it. I remind you, Joan, that we are the preeminent theologians of Europe. You say that you are my judge? I do not know if you are, but take good heed not to judge me ill, because you would put yourself in great peril. Hey, oh, yeah, go on, Joan. Go on, Have it, lass. Joan of Arc, for the heinous crime of wearing trousers, I sentence you to be burned at the stake. I am not afraid. I was born to do this. At the marketplace at Rouen, a wooden stake was set. 800 soldiers guarded it, so no one tried to rescue her. Joan was led to the stake. But on the way, one of her guards, in a doomed attempt to include a sympathetic English character, gave her a present. I'm sorry, John. I've made you this. It's from all the lads. Well, more from the silly history boys than your actual guards, who were mostly pretty awful. We're, we're sorry that this happened to you. All because two sets of psychotic, six-thumbed aristocrats couldn't find which of them would wear a stupid, shiny hat. A cross? Thank you. But I don't think God is with me anymore. Well, I do tend to crop up when people least expect it. God, have you come to rescue me? Oh, Joan, I really wish I had. But I am afraid it's too big a story to just change the end to make it a happy one. Oh. But I can do one thing for you. I can show you all this. Where are we? This is France. You mean, they didn't turn it into England South? Oh no, definitely not. This is the Montmartre in Gay Paris, Paris, France. You could stroll along the Seine listening to Daft Punk or Chopin or Jean-Michel Jarre if you like. Catch a train to the Louvre, go and see the Mona Lisa, have a beer outside the Parc de France, talk to the old boys of Thierry Henry and the tribe from the end of the world. We could take her to show at the Boulogne Rouge, go halfway up the Eiffel Tower so it's free. 
We could even go elsewhere in France, where, frankly, people are generally more pleasant. But all this would have happened without me, wouldn't it? Well, who can really say? But I'd like to think it wouldn't have happened without you. I'd like to think it was worth it. Come along, Joan of Arc. Let me buy you a crepe. Thank you very much. I love a crepe, me. Joan of Arc was burned alive at Rouen. You weren't supposed to burn people alive, even in those days. You were supposed to make sure the victim was strangled unconscious before the fire was lit. But for Joan, the English made an exception. She was 19, and when it was done, the ashes were raked back for all to see. And then they burned the ashes again. And then raked them back once more and burned them a third time. To make sure that the French got the message. And in a way, the French got the message. After all, you can't burn a 19-year-old who was beloved by the soldiers she had marched with and also apparently by God. And not expect to get a reaction. What were they thinking? Well, they weren't, were they? If the French army had been motivated before, now they were angry. Oh, they'll have been angry. Can you imagine how angry they must have been? Get them, lads. Them and their cheese strings. For France. For God. For Joan of Arc. And eventually King Charles drove the English out of France. It took him quite a long time because he wasn't very good at it. But he did it in the end. And he'd never have been king were it not for Joan of Arc. And when the war was won, he arranged for Joan's trial to be repeated. This time, she was found innocent. And at the beginning of the 20th century, Joan of Arc was made a saint. A patron saint of France, in fact. Now, her story is famous around the world. 400 years later, Mark Twain, an American from many, many miles away, long, long into the future, would write this. Whatever thing men call great, look for it in Joan of Arc, and there you will find it. You want the truth? We can handle your truth. Well, that was okay. I'd go as far as to say it was good. Good? Good gives me a migraine. Quite a, quite a shift there, Uncle Bilbo. Um, shift? A shift in style from the first show in the trilogy. I mean, it sort of starts in a similar fashion, then kind of gives up and then gets good. Ouch! Stop it! Nope, your Bilbo. Just caught a wave and rode it home. My vessel has started screaming. It's using its inside voice, of course. Thank you for providing me with that moment of emotional sustenance. By the morning star, I'm bored. When do we swing into action, Beelzebub Bob? And where the heck is Lucy? You can't swear, you know. No time for your delicious potty mouth, Pebu. For we have already started. The drip, drip, drip of this silly podcast has begun the erosion of the listener's mind. Soon it will be a gelatinous mush, primed and open to suggestion. Ooh, how long will that take? Oh, one more haphazard show should do it. One more haphazardly spewed forth weird fest. Sure, it'd be very sonically interesting. Well, it wouldn't be the Silly History Boys show without that, some would say. It shouldn't be a show within a show within a show, all would say. Agreed. I totally agree. I mean, what is the point of the agency representing those saints? Why is it there? Just tell the darn story. Language. Sorry. It was Bob Bob's idea. He was struggling and needed some help. My vessel is in great anguish again. Mm, delicious. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Yes. Mm, this anguish sustains me. It is demanding an apology. Apologize to Bob Bob? Never. What have I to be sorry for? Everything. Children ask their parents when they see you. What are those men for, Mummy? Oh, God. They do. <laughs> the parents tell their young not to bother the silly men. 
when you know deep inside you're still a boy. A middle-aged boy. <gasps> it's so true. So, in short, everything. You apologize for your existence itself, or you are a silly history boy, and you are... Sorry! The Silly History Boys Episode 14, or Three Times in the Fire, The Defalative Story of Joan of Arc, was written and produced by the Silly History Boys. The parts of Greg, Papa Arc, French and English soldiers, 8th generation French aristocrat and lawyer one were played by Stu, the Pear Bear, Perry. That's me, hello. Uh, the parts of Mitch, God, of course, Sir Darnley, Sir Falstaff, French aristocrat, lawyer two were played by Rob, Bob, Bob, Bond who uh, wrote the Joan of Arc bit, ladies and gentlemen. Will wrote the uh, before and after bits uh, of Bilbo, sorry. He did very well. But uh, Bob Bob cast himself as God, ladies and gentlemen. Cast himself as God. That's, uh, that's, that's some ego. Anyway, uh, carrying on. Uh, the parts of French captain, various Scots, various Burgundians, and various English dogs were played by Tom Tombo Fern. The parts of Mama Arc, the Dauphin, then the newly crowned Charles VII, spoilers, English captain and captain of the archers, and of course Lawyer Three, were played by Will, Uncle Bilbo, Tristram. Uh, we also had Beth, Beth Semeny Furthermore as Brenda, thank you Beth, and introducing Gemma, Jerry Bob Bob Bond as Joan of Arc. Uh, oh, we'd also like to thank the lovely folks over at zapsplat.com for their fabulous free sound effects. Thanks, everybody over there. Uh, and we'd also like to, as ever, thank the people who sent their booze for the end of the credits. I'm going to stop rambling now because I'm recording this in my living room on Thursday night because we were really up against it with this one. Go, Bob Bob. Go, Bilbo. Get that editing done. I believe.